In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our Gospel reading today from St. Luke in chapter 21, it presents one of the teachings our Lord gives about signs that tell us something of His second coming, how to recognize that His second coming is near. And we need to be aware of it. That second coming, that final advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, we always remember again that during Advent we have a dual preparation that we're doing in our souls. We're preparing Him a place for the manger of our souls to come in, to live, to dwell, making a holy habitation for a holy God to thrive within us. That's one of our parts of preparation in Advent. The second is having Him in us by the Holy Spirit. We fan into flame that great gift through great preparation because He is coming again. And we want our souls prepared for that second coming. Our Lord speaks to His second coming with these signs we should be looking for and noticing. He tells us these words. Then He said to them, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. And our Lord would go on in the reading that we had today. He'd go on to mention other signs as well. But even the ones that I just read to you, my friends, we can point all around us and we can see them. I see this one. I see that one. Earthquakes. You know, since they have been studying earthquakes and their significance and their power and the cause of them. Even the earthquake scientists tell us that the earthquakes are growing in frequency, in number, and in power in our days. There are earthquakes. Wars. We see wars around us. Quite frankly, all too often throughout our lives, we see wars around us. Famines. Pestilences. No question these things happen and are happening in the earth. But as much as our Lord reminds us today of what to look for for the signs of His second coming, we do well to be reminded of what they are for us. Also, what they're not for us. When we look at these signs, we don't look at these signs as if, okay, now I know the day that He's coming back because I'm seeing these signs. It's foolishness. Even the Son of God Himself says in the Gospels, I don't even know that day. Only my Father knows that day. So what is it that we're to do with these signs that we see all around us at all times? Because they are a gift from God, which is why Jesus said, look for them. What we're to do with these signs when we see them is we're to look at them and they say, Christ is coming back. And I have no clue when that day will be, but it's nearing. And therefore, what's my response to seeing these signs that Christ told us about? My response is, I live today as if he's coming back today. I live today offering my life to Christ as an offering back to him that he would not only dwell in my heart, but have his holy way in healing my soul and saving my life and bringing him to himself in all, throughout all eternity. That's what we do when we see these signs. And so with the idea of the second coming, the second advent of our Lord that we are preparing for in Advent, with Christ putting it before us today, what is it that we should consider today in light of the second coming? And I'll tell you that the word for us today, it comes to us 
from something Father James shared with us last week. If you remember last week, Father James shared with us the words of St. Paul. He encouraged us that we need to see love, to understand what the love of God is from God's perspective. How does God define? How does God tell us what love for Him really is? There's one of the things that Father James mentioned last week that would not let go of me all throughout this week, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it this morning. There's one of the things that he said Jesus says about what it is to love God is this. He who loves me obeys my commands. Jesus said it like this in the Gospel of St. John in chapter 14. He said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, that is, follows them, obeys them, does what I ask him to do, and, does, and stops doing what I ask not to do. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. In another gospel reading in St. Luke, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Do it. Live from it. You see? For example, last week, our Lord, through Father James, He gave us an instruction. Remember what that instruction was? Some of you are nodding your heads. It's okay, I'm going to remind you. He gave us an instruction. The instruction was, pray every day in Advent. To experience in our lives and come to a greater knowledge of the love that God has for us. Now this was an instruction that came from our Lord. Yes, through the mouth of Father James, but we trust it's from God. Question, are we praying it every day? Over this last week? Are we following the instruction? You see, my friends, there's no instruction that comes from God that doesn't lead to something for our salvation. Not one. Not one. And so we've, have we been following this as disciples, lovers of God? And I want to be very quick to say something because I am extraordinarily sensitive in this day and age. And perhaps this has been true always. I'm very sensitive to the reality that when we talk about obedience to God, those words, that thought, obedience to God, falls on ears and gets interpreted differently by each one of us. Why? Because all of us have different experiences of parental and other authority figures in our lives. And some of them have not granted us the nature of God the way that they've lived towards us. Some of us come from very broken authority figures looming over us. And so when we say obedience to God, sometimes it gets translated by our past human experiences. And I'm very sensitive to this. So I think we need to be very clear about what this call to obedience means in the context of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. <coughs> you see, obedience is never to be seen, ever to be seen, in the context of some slave obeying the commands of a tyrant and slave master, one who looms over us and one who forces his way with great force and great punishment and exactness. Rather in truth, so far different. Obedience is always to be seen in the context of such a beautiful relationship that we have been adopted into with our Lord Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. We, by virtue of our baptism, 
have been made adopted sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. St. Paul says it this way to the Romans in chapter 8. When he says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You see, there's the tyrant to the slave, the slave to the tyrant. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. Our obedience to God is both hearing our Father's leading instruction and direction voiced through the word of God and then enabled to follow those instructions by the Holy Spirit in that relationship. And in this way, we love God. That is how we love God. One of the ways we love God with our entire being, our heart, our soul, our mind, our very body. Abba, Father. An interesting note about that phrase, Abba, Father, throughout most of my life, I have heard Abba talk like this. That Abba means it's a very it's a word of into great intimacy. Daddy, Father, our Heavenly Father is our Daddy. But I want you to hear a truth. What I just expressed to you, Abba meaning Daddy in that intimacy relationship of child and father, father and child, is absolutely true. But it's half true. There's more in that word Abba. That word Abba is an Aramaic expression. It's an Aramaic word that, yes, it means daddy, but it also means daddy for the right authority figure in our lives that we are to follow, that we are to stay in the parameters of the order that that daddy sets forth, that we are to live in the context of a relationship with this intimacy with our Father in heaven, in obedience to our Father, in the law of God, it tells us, children, obey your father and your mother. You see? So when we look at Abba Father, it's in the context of two different things, not separated. Great intimacy. But great intimacy joined together with a following and an obedience that keeps us in the intimate relationship of child to father and father to child. And bestows every benefit that that heavenly father wants to bestow into our lives. You know, we only see Abba Father a few times in Holy Scripture. One I just mentioned to you from Romans. The other time we see it in Holy Scripture is out of the word of God's mouth. When he's in Gethsemane, he proclaims this. And here we see both the intimacy of relationship with father and son, but also obedience. Listen to his words from the Gospel of St. Mark in chapter 14. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father. All things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. I hope you saw in Abba Father the intimacy and the obedience. The profound intimacy and profound obedience in Christ to his heavenly Father. In great intimacy, the Father cries out when his humanity is in great duress facing what he was about to face in his torture and crucifixion and death. And yet at the same time, we hear the Abba Father that says, nevertheless, 
regardless of my suffering, regardless of what I am feeling, I remain obedient. Your will be done. That is love for God. And Jesus demonstrates it in his humanity, joined to his divinity in the Garden of Gethsemane at that time. This Abba Father, this relationship of the Christian, this is the relationship of the Christian in a loving relationship to God. Another stunning picture of obedience to God as love in the way that we're speaking about today. We can't escape this when it comes from the Blessed Virgin Mary, His Mother. The Word of God, instructions indicating the will of God for the Blessed Virgin Mary, it comes to her through the Archangel Gabriel. And what is her response to God wanting to impregnate her with the fullness of his deity and bear her into bear himself into this world through her what is her response i tell you the response was love for god that is what her response was and we know it behold the handmaid of the lord be it unto me as you will there's love for god demonstrated brightly beautifully through the blessed virgin mary whatever you say lord Whatever you want, let it be done to me according to your will and in me according to your will. This is love for God. And I tell you this, that even when she received the prophecy that by the will of God, many sufferings would come to her soul. Many sufferings would pierce your soul. Even in the light of that, what's her disposition? Love for God. She kept to the will of God. She kept to the will of God. And that, my friends, is how Jesus, who is God, defines love for God. So if we're going to be acknowledged by our Heavenly Father as those who love God, we have to live out this Abba Father appropriately. To trust and follow His instructions. As our Heavenly Father who loves us so incredibly and knows the best thing for all of us at all times. The things to do and the things to pull back from. He knows us that well. We ought to follow Him in that way. We must live out that Abba Father. So let me in closing just pose a few questions to us today. These are questions that have been even on my heart. And I want to preface this by saying I'm not asking you these questions to turn up, to turn up shame if you've fallen or failed in any of these, because we all have. But I am doing so to spur us to the loving obedience to Christ for a very important reason. So let me ask us a few questions. The Lord directs us in Advent to fast. He directs us to increase our prayer and our scripture reading, and then even beyond that, to increase our almsgiving. And the question comes to us, are we saying, be it unto me as you will? Are we responding with love for God and a holy trust that what he's asking us for, to do will grant us the blessing of his kingdom and salvation? Are we loving him in return? You know, in regard to our, his direction to us to increase our scripture reading, note today's collect prayer for this Mass today. Blessed Lord, who has caused holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. Do you hear all of those words we're to do with holy scripture? What we're being called to do and what we're praying for in this Mass, particularly during this season, is let Holy Scripture invade our souls. 
that we not only hear it, we do, we should hear it and consider it when we're hearing it being spoken. We should read it prayerfully as if the voice of Christ is speaking to us. We should mark it, take notes, remember what we've learned because we are a people who forget and we need to return to truths and inwardly digest literally is, is the aspect of a cow that's chewing his cud for digestion. That over and over again we're ruminating on these beautiful words of life and letting God, as we chew on them over and over again, show us more and more of Himself. And by showing us more and more of Himself, He's showing us more and more of our true selves. That's what it means that we're to be about Scripture. That by patience and comfort of Thy Holy Word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Second question. Our Lord directs us in our life to the spiritual discipline of the tithe, which is not for his church, but for our salvation and our soul. Are we saying, thy will be done, not mine? Third question. Our Lord has given us instructions that in both penitential seasons, both Advent and in the season of Lent, that we are to come to Christ needing, knowing our need and a desire for his mercy to come to confession and receive confession and absolution, to receive his great mercy. It's an invitation of God not to make you uncomfortable, but to heal you and restore you and to ease your conscience. Are we coming to him in that spiritual discipline, letting Christ minister to us? Final question, I go back to the very thing that Father James asked us to do throughout Advent. That we would pray every day that we might experience the profound love of God and come to an understanding of it in our lives. And there's a reason I conclude with this. Are we doing that? All that we're talking about with this loving Christ through obedience, that that is love for God, comes with infinite reward and promise of God. And I want to return for just a moment to the very scripture I gave you at the beginning from the Gospel of St. John chapter 14. When Jesus says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. The rest of this verse is his promises. Listen to them clearly. And he who loves me, in this way, he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him. And I will manifest myself to him. I will show myself to him. You know, so many of us voice in the church that we truly want to experience Christ more and more in our lives. And I say with great certainty, from my own life, but offering it to you and yours as well, I say with great certainty that the many times we fail to experience Christ and receive that incredible showing of himself to us, it comes from our failure to love him by following. It comes from our failure as a son and daughter to a father. Because when we embrace loving God and trusting him in such a way that we will follow his instructions, follow his commands, more and more Christ will show himself to you. And you will know that. in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.